Welcome to the Women Who Lead podcast, a place where we celebrate, connect, and develop every woman in her leadership journey. Thanks for coming along. Hi, friends. I'm Lisa Potter, your host of the Women Who Lead podcast. And today we're going to try something different. Uh, I'm going to be talking about my ideas on leadership, my research on leadership. We're going to do a little 15 to 20 minute uh, episode here and hopefully make it a series. Uh, So today, uh, I just want to tell you a little bit about my leadership journey. I mean, for the past 10 years or so, I've been on this leadership journey to define leadership in the context of basically women in leadership, which is why we have the podcast Women Who Lead. I did finish up my in leadership, my graduate work in 2020. And then I started a D-Min program in spiritual formation in February of 2021. And I'm still kind of walking through that aspect of my D-Min. But um, I was a part of a women's leadership co work at the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary for my master's degree and uh, really learned a ton of stuff. But it got me digging deeper into women in leadership. And I think the big question through my research, my life, my journey of leadership that kind of dangles in front of all of us as female leaders is this question. Is there a difference between male and female leaders? Well, I wish we could answer it. I'm just going to tell you my thoughts throughout this podcast and let you come up with your own conclusions and give you some of the research that I have experienced and found over years. But one of the best quotes I love is by uh, leadership guru Patrick Lencioni, and he said that He wished there was a difference in male and female leadership because he would write a book on it and make But he said, I've been doing this for a long time, and what he sees is that there are no differences between uh, a male leader or a female leader. Um, I think we often hear the the phrases that, uh, like, well, a female leader's big one that I hear, that women are feelers, and we uh, lean on our emotions, which, you know, if you think about the different personality tests, like, I'm in the Myers-Briggs testing, I'm an ESTJ, so I'm a thinker, my T is a thinker, in that slot, you can have an F, which makes you a feeler, but um, I'm not a big emotional person, and even in leadership, um, I don't cry often. Uh, when I do cry, it's, it's kind of like something that touches me in a compassionate way. Uh, but, um, one of the things we hear negatively is that women are more emotional when they lead. Um, but there's really no proof on that. Um, you may have other ideas, things that, uh, If you're a man listening, you may have other ideas. If you're a woman listening, other ideas uh, that have been said about you in leadership. It's interesting. Research uh, did a study several years ago, and they divided up their study 
between um, the focus of pol politics and business. And here's what they found is that um, there, there's really no gap between male and female on key le leadership qualities. Um, and most of the time, get this, women have the edge on men. So they, they did things like asking, um, as a leader, do you see this leader in politics being compassionate and empathetic? Do you see this leader serving as a role model for, for children? Do you see this leader working on compromises, being honest and ethical, maintaining a tone of civility and respect to others, standing up for what they believe in, being persuasive, working well under pressure, and being willing to take risk. It's interesting because number one on the women was 61% said they see female leaders in politics being compassionate and empathetic compared to 5% of their male counterparts. Um, same for 41% of female leaders serving as a role model for children, 4% um, for men. Uh, women scored high on working on compromises, being honest and ethical, maintaining a tone of respect and civility towards others. Women were scoring high. Um, men scored the highest in being willing to take risk. There in business, they did the same thing. They asked the same questions. Like one of them, the first one is, "Do you see female leaders or male leaders being compassionate and empathetic?" Once again, it's the highest one rated for female leaders, fifty-nine percent, compared to men is quite lower, four percent. Men score high on being number one, willing to take risk, negotiating profitable deals. Um, and working well under pressure. But women tend to value people from different backgrounds better. We tend to create a safe and respectable workplace. We tend to be honest and ethical when it comes to our business dealings. And um, we're very good female leaders at mentoring young employees, um, which is a passion of my heart as a woman who leads uh, so very, very interesting. This, uh, so you can look that up on Pew Research Center if you want, the differences between male and female leadership. Um, they said, you know, communication styles. Women tend to have a more cooperative, participatory style of leading, and men tend to have a more command and control style. Um, just different, not better, not worse, just different. Uh, under reward systems, women often motivate their employees by helping them find self-worth and satisfaction in their work, which serves as its own reward. So men are more likely to use the transactional leadership approach of providing incentives for succeeding and penalties for failing. So different. One's not bad, one's not better, just different. Self-branding, men tend to be good at branding themselves, meaning they let others know about their successes and strengths, where women are more likely to be modest about their own accomplishments. So, in other words, they were saying for a woman to, 
to succeed as a leader, you know, we need to become better at branding ourselves and talking about our achievements, our skills with other people. It's interesting because um, this isn't the Pew Research, but Sandberg in her book, uh, you know, she talks a lot about how girls are raised um, to raise our hands in a room. And I find this about myself all the time as a leader, where I'll be sitting in a room full of majority men leaders, and I have something I want to contribute to the conversation. And I will raise my hand. Usually it takes just one or two of my male counterparts to jump into the conversation without raising their hand before I even realized, oh, you know, we're not playing this game where we're waiting to be called on and taking turns. We're just jumping in and having a conversation. And girls tend to be weird. Uh, Cheryl Sandberg says it, you know, she notices it all the time where we pull back, raise our hand, wait to be called on. So I do think there's something to this Pew research here where women do need to become in our branding, um, being more comfortable in telling others what we're good at, what our giftings are, what our talents are, and how we feel like we can make the team a better team by being around the table. Uh, so that's just a, a little bit of research based on our subject here today. But when we think about right? What is leadership? So the master leader, one of the quotes I love, doesn't talk, they act. When their work is done, the people say, amazing, we did it all by ourselves. I love that quote because that just shows that, that people who are really good leaders, they act, they don't talk. You know, we can have a lot of talk, a lot of language, a lot of things we say, but the bottom line is, what do the people you work with, what do, you, what do your family, what do the people that are around you most say about you when it comes to your leadership? Um, are you making them better? I think great leaders make the people around them better leaders. And they pass the batons and want to cheer others on to succeed. So... I would ask you a couple of questions as you're listening to me today. Like, what comes to mind when you hear the word? Do you uh, think of a specific person? Um, often we go to presidents or, you know, CEOs of companies, the president of the, the vice president of the bank and our community uh, leadership, you know, we feel certain types of people personify uh, Moses in the Bible, definitely we say leader. Paul, a leader. You know, Jesus, a leader. Deborah, a leader. Esther, a leader. We think of pastors and military um, leaders, uh, generals. And this is how we personify leadership when we hear, like, what is a leader? We get a mental picture of someone in our mind. So, you know, that's not right or wrong, but I think we need to broaden our idea of leadership. So when we think of leadership in general, our minds tend to lean toward the greatest examples of leadership or the worst examples of leadership. 
we often don't have like an in-between, like this person's like learning to be a leader. And so we need to give them grace or come alongside of them. We think, oh, great leader over here. The worst leader I ever served with over on this end. So we go to two different, um, you know, spectrums when we're thinking about leadership in general. And when we do this, I think we inadvertently overlook the common ways people lead every single day. Here at Women Who Lead, we've tried to simplify our language because we found that women were uncomfortable with even the terminology, women who lead. They were like, I don't know if I fit there because I don't see myself as a leader. And we begin to ask them, well, why don't you see yourself as a leader? Do you see yourself as an influencer? Oh, yes, I influence my children. I so, um, I teach Sunday school every Sunday or I'm influencing my community through coaching and baseball, And but I don't see myself as a leader. And so we begin to create language that is alternative language means the same thing, but it's, it's synonymous with leadership. So when we automatically say, what do you think of when you think of a leader and we get this person that is this high-end leader that we visualize, we inadvertently leave out so many people in so many different ways that we can lead. Dee uh, Dee Myers, a political analyst, said, I am endlessly fascinated that playing football is considered training ground for leadership but raising children isn't. Okay, mic drop. I love that because there are so many moms who feel like they're staying at home, they're homeschooling their kids, they're they're working with the children 75% of the day, um, and they're thinking, I'm not a leader. I don't do anything of value, for instance. But what a training ground for leadership as mothers who get to nurture and come alongside children and raise them into responsible adults. You're passing the baton to a next generation right there. Um, so as we try to kind of discern what the heart of leadership is, we just kind of need to keep in mind all of the ways that people lead, both big and small. If you're volunteering, if you're, you know, an assistant, assistant, how do you lead and what are you leading? And you're leading teams around you. A lot of people lead without title. And those are the best leaders, I think, that lead without a title. They just lead because they can't even go into a room. And when the room needs to be of a bias towards action where if the chairs and tables aren't set up yet and the meeting needs to take place in 15 minutes, they're going to be setting up the tables and chairs. That's leadership. And they may not have a title. They may not be the person running that meeting, but they have a bias towards action. They have the ability to see what needs to be done and move in to get it done, to organize how it will be done. That, my friend, is a huge leadership trait. Um, so let's not negate the big and small of leadership, negate the smallness, I should say, of leadership, and just lean on the bigness of leadership models. But 
how are the people around us leading? Haley Gray Scott, um, a great book. It's her um, PhD dissertation that she did, but it's called Dare Mighty Things, Mapping the Challenges of Leadership for Christian um, uh, Women. Says She says, and I quote, defining as easy as nailing jelly to the wall. She states three reasons why she feels this is true. So she says, leadership is difficult to define, number one, because the term has lost some of its meaning because of what um, Marilyn Chandler McIntyre calls habitual verbal, habitual verbal promiscuity, which I think is a fun way to put this. But she says, like, it's an overuse of the words like wonderful, amazing, dynamic, great, awesome. Um, and so leadership as well has been an overused word, and that's why it's difficult for us to define. The second thing she says is leadership is hard to conceptualize because it has been approached in different ways over time. Just in the last century, um, 100 years, there are 10 different, very different ways of approaching leadership. There's that great man approach there's the skill set leader, there's the stylistic leader, the situational leader, a contingency leader, the leader that is path and goal driven, servant leader, a transformational leader, and then lastly, an authentic, transparent leader. So with so many ways of understanding an ideal leader, it's easy to see why we have not arrived at a consensus as to what really really means. And then the third reason she gives is why it's so hard for us to define leadership and find it is because leadership is difficult to define because like love, beauty, or wisdom, it's a broad concept. Uh, so that's the way we see it with leader. Leader is a broad concept. But Warren Bienes said this, leadership is like beauty. It's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. I'll say that again. Leadership's like beauty. It's hard to define it, but you know it when you see it. So let's conclude today this little leadership podcast uh, with this, asking you the questions that we started with. Um, is there a difference in male or female leadership? Uh, so I'll let you come to your own conclusions, but I say a big hearty, uh, no, I don't think there is a difference or female leaders. Uh, but you come to your own conclusions. However, the failure to encourage the giftedness and the leadership abilities of women is born out of the poverty of our expectations. So I don't think there's a difference in male and female leaders. I just think there that men are better leaders than women. And so out of the poverty of our expectations, uh, female leaders often are overlooked. So it's kind of like Nathaniel in the Bible where he said about Jesus, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Um, and we often fail to encourage the giftedness of women because we don't expect women to have leadership gifts. Um, so that's kind of all I have for you today. I hope this has challenged you. We're going to, uh, like I said, make this leadership aspect of the podcast a series. 
And so um, next month, I'm going to come at you and continue with this thought on uh, leadership, male and female leadership, how is it different, and talk about some traits that um, are common for female leaders to succeed. So what's your conclusion? Is there a difference in male or female leadership? You know what I think there is, but I think it's a poverty of our expectations. Just like we don't encourage, we, we're not encouraged to see giftedness in women. Um, and so we don't expect women to come around the table and have something good to say. But you know what? I have a lot of things to say, and I know you do too. So I'm asking you today, just dig deep into your influence, your leadership, and I'm cheering you on, my friend. You are an amazing woman.